Daphne is going to be our grad speaker today. Daphne, come on up. It's great that you got the support of your fiance. You may have to put on your glasses as the sparkle from her ring this morning. No, I'm kidding. But it's very pretty. Anyways, we are so thrilled, Daphne. It was so, it's neat to be able, I, I've mentioned this before, but it's so great to be able to have our seniors speak and to see where God has brought our seniors and brought those, like, brought you through. And so it's just exciting to be able to share that and have you speak this morning, Daphne. Uh, so let's just pray for Daphne. Lord, we thank you so much for Daph. We thank you for her heart. We thank you for her spirit. We thank you for the blessing that she's been to our community and our school. Lord, I pray that you would uh, just speak through her and uh, that we would hear you this morning. Amen. Oh, man. How am I already graduating? Crazy. Craziness. Kim, remember when you found me crying on the movie room floor, studying for midterms first semester? Great time, guys. Great time. Yep. It was over spishus too. Like it was not a hard class. I just was not together at all. Yeah, right? Well, okay. Oh, I'm so glad to be here today. It is a wonderful day to be alive. So great to be back here again after a reading break. I hope you guys are all refreshed. Did some reading, I'm sure. I did not. But here we are anyways. So, Yep. I'm just going to pray to start us off. Dear God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for your peace that you provide. God, I pray that you would speak to each student here, that you would just pour into them, that you would fill them up this morning, and that they would learn to lean on you a little more today. Thanks so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So we started off our grad chapel with Brad speaking, and he joked about having family photos, so I actually brought family photos, guys. So they're going to be up on the screen. So I don't know. I have, I've got some parents. Yep. I got my three sisters there and my twin brother, if you ever hear me talking about him. He's chaotic. But here we are. Yep, my mom and my older sister with the yellow hair there are so great. They've traveled with me to BC to come check out the school. It was so much fun. And I just, I love my family all so much. They're so great. And then I also brought a picture of Brad's family um, so that you all can know which sister he was making fun of when he was preaching. So the one in the green sweater, that's the one he makes reference to in his sermon. So now you all can know and not just the people that were sitting in the front row. Okay, so before I start, I want to tell you one more story. So when I was in youth group, we had this crazy fun giveaway, um, which should, it was youth group. Like, it wasn't a budget for a giveaway, but someone had given an iPhone 7 to the youth group, which was pretty dope. So in this contest, you had to post on Instagram, show up to Sunday service, show up to youth service, bring friends, all this stuff, tag friends on your Facebook post. You got so many entries. And so I was pretty dedicated to winning this iPhone 7, not just because it was an iPhone 7, but because my iPhone was the iPhone 3. 
And so it was, it was a little bit outdated. Um, and actually during the contest, it broke. And so then I got my aunt's old phone. And during the contest, that broke too. And then I got my sister's phone. And it was so close to death that like you had to keep it plugged into a battery pack at all times. So I had this brick of a phone and then the battery pack that I'd carry around all the time. So needless to say, I was pretty dedicated. I think I tagged like 20 friends in every single post, showed up to every youth event, like was dragging friends along so that I had even the slightest bit more chance of winning this phone. So I ended up winning the phone, which I think is pretty cool. So, yep, yep. So hard work pays off sometimes. Uh, it broke. <laughs> yep, it stopped being able to hear sound and that's a pretty important part of a phone. So I had to get rid of that one. But here we are. So as Kim said, we've been doing grad chapel and we've gone through the book of Joshua. We've started that. And so we start off with Gavin preaching and then we start, went to Brad who was preaching about them crossing over the Jordan. And then we went to Jen who was preaching about the fall of the walls of Jericho. And then right before reading break, we ended with Riley, who was preaching on Joshua 7, who was talking about the sin of Achan. And so in that sin, we saw that Israel lost a battle to Ai, which they really should have won because they were way better of like the army wise, you know, they really should have won. So that would have been kind of embarrassing to lose that one but they lost because of sin. And so we're starting off in that kind of dismay, that kind of sadness that they just lost the battle. And that's where we're going to start our chapter today in Joshua 8. And so I'm going to read it to you. I feel free to open your Bibles. If not, it's on the screen. But you always should bring this guy to chapel because it's great. Okay? It says, and the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you and arise and go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. And you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and your livestock you shall take as plunder for yourself. Lay an ambush against the city behind it. So Joshua and all the fighting men arose and to go up to Ai. And Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them out by night. And he commanded them, Behold, you shall lie in ambush against the city behind it. Do not go very far from the city, but all of you remain ready. And, and I and all the people who are with me will approach the city, and they will come out against us. Just as before, we shall flee before them, and they shall come out after us, until we have drawn them away from the city. For they will say, they are fleeing from us just as before, and we will flee before them. Then you shall rise up. <laughs> then you shall rise up from the ambush and seize the city, for the Lord your God will give it into your hand. And as soon as you have taken the city, you shall set the city on fire, and you shall do according to the word of the Lord. See, I have commanded you. So Joshua sent them out, and they went to the place of ambush to lay between Bethel and Ai, to the west of Ai. But Joshua spent the night among the people. Joshua arose early in the morning and mustered the people and went up, he and the elders of Israel, before the people of Ai. 
and all the fighting men who were with him went up and drew near before the city and encamped on the north side of Ai with the ravine between them and Ai. He took about 5,000 men and set them in ambush between Bethel and Ai to the west of the city. So they stationed the forces, the main encampment uh, that was... Yeah, that was north of the city, and its rear guard west of the city. But Joshua spent the night in the valley. As soon as the king of Ai saw this, he sent all his people and the men of the city hurried out and went to the sorry, <laughs> hurried and went out early into the appointed place toward the Arabah to meet Israel in battle. But he did not know that there was an ambush, kind of the point of an ambush, but against him behind the city. And Joshua and all of Israel pretended to be beaten before them and fled in the direction of the wilderness. So all the people who were with the city, who were in the city, were called together to pursue them. And they pursued Joshua where uh, they were drawn away from the city. Not a man was left in Ai or Bethel who did not go after Israel. They left the city open and pursued Israel. And the Lord said to Joshua, Stretch out the javelin that is in your hand towards Ai, for I will give it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the javelin that was in his hand toward the city. And the man in the ambush rose quickly out of their place. And as soon as he had stretched out his hand, they ran and entered the city and captured it. And they hurried to set the city on fire. So the men of Ai looked back, and behold, the smoke of the city went up to heaven. And they had no power to flee this way or that way, for the people who had fled to the wilderness turned back again their pursuers. And when Joshua and all of Israel saw the ambush had captured the city, and that the smoke of the city went up, they turned back and struck down the men of Ai. And the others came out from the city against them. And so they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side, some of that side. And Israel struck them down until there was left none that survived or escaped. But the king of Ai, they took alive and brought him near Joshua. So we end chapter 7 in this little bit of despair, in this, this kind of hurt place um, of the people of Israel. And then we're starting off chapter 8, and God's like, don't fear, guys. We're going to do this again. It's like, I don't. I don't know about you guys, but like that would seem kind of nerve-wracking. Like if I if I do something once, I don't particularly want to mess up again, you know? Like that first day of school when I fell on my face, like I didn't particularly want to fall on my face again because that just adds to the embarrassment of falling on my face. Like it's it's not a good look. And so we start off chapter eight, and in verse one, God says, Do not fear and do not be dismayed. And then he's like, I'm gonna send you out again. I Guys, that would not be it for me. I'd be like, are you sure, God? We, we kind of messed up the first time. But Israel is willing, and they do it again. Good on them. Good on them. So then we continue on, and we look to verse 4. And we see that they are commanded, and it says, And he commanded them, Behold, you shall lay an ambush against the city and behind it. Do not go very far from the city but remain ready. And I just want to sit on that for a little bit um, because I read through this passage quite a few times and every time I was like, remain ready. Seems pretty obvious for an ambush. Like you don't want people taking a nap on the sidelines. Like, peace guys, maybe I'll come out, maybe I won't. But like all these people have to remain ready. 
And in my like reading and preparing for this, I really got to thinking about how we are in war spiritually all the time. Right? There's muck and guck in our lives that go on, and it's hard. And sometimes it can be easy to just like coast along, you know, coast and see where the road goes. But I want to encourage us that we need to remain ready, remain present in the Lord, remain reading our Bible because this is so important, guys. We can't just get friends to encourage us, even though that's nice, and hugs from friends and prayers and all that. That's not, that's not all of it. We need to be in the word of the Lord, praying, reading. And so I want to encourage you in whatever battles you may be facing in life, because I know there is a lot of hurt and heartache on this campus that either you're going through, maybe a friend's going through it. I want to encourage you to remain ready, remain in your Bible, keep in the Lord. Keep in your Lord, keep trying, keep pursuing, because it's, it's worth it, guys. And my next point that I want to make is that this battle wasn't really for Israel to win. Right? Like, they win it. They win it. But it's not their job to win it. Okay? It's not. And we see in verse 18 that it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Stretch out the javelin that is in your hand towards Ai, and I will give it into your hand. And so this kind of echoes what the Lord was already telling to Joshua in the very first verse um, of this chapter, that he is going to give the city into their hands. Like, Joshua isn't even using his javelin. That is his weapon of, like, choice, and he's not even, like, he's sticking it up in the air. It's, that's, yeah, that's not how normal people would win a fight. But normally you'd use your weapon. But we see that God uses this to help as a sign as that he is giving the land to the people. So, what do we have so far? We have that we should be at peace with the plans of the Lord and follow them, even if they might be a little embarrassing. Then we have to remain ready in what the Lord has for us. And then we have to remember that the fight is not ours. It's not. And I find myself in this, this trap of, like, trying to take back things from God. And I'm like, just give me all these problems. Like, I can fix them as if I could. But just give it to God. But that's not where the chapter ends. So I'm going to skip down a couple verses to verse 30. And it says, At that time, Joshua built an altar to the Lord of God of Israel on Mount Ebal just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the people of Israel. As it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones upon which no man wielded an iron tool. And they offered on it a burnt offering to the Lord and sacrificed a peace offerings. And in the presence of the people of Israel, he wrote on the stone and copied the law of Moses, which he had written. 
And all the Israels and sojourners and all the native borns and their elders and officials and the judges stood on opposite sides of the Ark of the Levitical priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, half of them from Mount Gerizim and half of them from Mount Ebal, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded at the first to bless the people of Israel. And after he read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before all the assembly of the Lord, and the women and the little ones and the sojourners who lived among them. So we didn't just end this chapter with this battle that was won by the Lord, but we end this with the covenant renewal. So the people very easily could have been like, guys, we did it, we won, yay, we're the best. But instead, they turn back to God. They build this altar. They rewrite all that Moses has written so that the message can continue on, so that other people can hear. And so, God, I, guys, I don't know what troubles you're going through, I encourage you to talk with people about them because you're not in this alone, right? Can we praise the Lord that we're not in this alone, that we're in this together? You're not in this alone. But it's so important for us to turn back to the Lord and to praise him through all of it. His life isn't easy. It's not sunshine and roses all the time. But it gets hard. And it hurts sometimes. And that's okay. Because God is still good through it. Right? He is our comforter. He is our peace in troubled times. And so we can praise him through that. So I'm going to get the band to come back up. And I want to encourage you guys to chat with someone today about what you're going through. Because I know there's a lot, a lot on campus, as I've already said. But guys, I also want to encourage you to praise the Lord for what he's done in your life and for what he's going to do in your life. And it's not always easy to praise him in the midst of a battle where you're like, this really sucks, God. <laughs> and I don't know what to do right now. But praise him anyways. Because his goodness isn't dependent on your circumstance. Okay? So we're going to sing a song. And we're just going to praise him. For he is good. <laughs>